Hi, this is Star Wars author Delilah S. Dawson, and you're listening to Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and right now I am joined by some good friends of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the new Florida man, Mr. Mark Marquis. <laughs> the infamous and new Florida man. Yeah, you you have taken the mantle, so take it with honor. Uh, what is it, honor? Because it's... Something yeah. like that. I don't know what's happening over in Florida right now. Um, we are uh, a little embarrassed by the things that are happening there, but we won't go into that. Well, I'm uh, doing my best to make it a better place. Let's let's just it, say that. The second you crossed the state line, it instantaneously <laughs> became a better place. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And also joining us is the immaculate and fantastic Adriana. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> I have never been called immaculate before, so I will take it. And Mark has never been called Florida Man before. So see, this is the first time for everything kind of episode here at Clashing Sabers. I was just, when you introduced him, I was thinking about all those like articles about Florida Man dies because he did something really stupid. Or Florida Man in jail for feeding an uh, uh, alligator or something like hey, just hey, those it, weird articles. Oh, yeah. it, only, it only took me like three days to see an actual alligator. <laughs> I saw that picture. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, doesn't take, doesn't take too long. Um, there was a, a comedian I was listening to one time who told a story and it was like a true story that he had read in a paper. Uh, and the headline was Florida man robs Wendy's, uh, through drive through with an alligator. <laughs> and like, apparently this guy like threw an alligator into the window and was like, give me all your money in the drive through. <laughs> So. That's just a that's just a Thursday in Florida. It really is. <laughs> it really is. I'm um, literally every time I read one of those articles, I'm like, Mark, what are you doing now? <laughs> I'm just gonna, like texting you. What did you do, Mark? <laughs> what did you do this time? Uh, man, it's gonna be a Texas man pretty soon here. It's getting kind of ridiculous for us too. But uh, that is either here, here nor there because we are going into a galaxy far, far away, and we are going to be talking about Attack of the Clones today, continuing our trivia tournament. And in just a little while, when we get to trivia time, we will have Sith Talk joining us. But uh, we wanted to sit down first and discuss some of our our memories and things. Uh, about Attack of the Clones. So we're going to get into that in just a second here, but I want to remind everybody that if you would like to support our mission to get more Star Wars books into schools, there are many ways that you can do that. The big one right now is to send me teachers that I can send books to because I have both boxes and books piling up in my closet, and I would like to send them to classrooms uh, because, you know, kids should have books in their classrooms and it's hard to get them sometimes and especially to get books that kids want to read and i i can attest to the fact that kids jump at getting star wars books whether they've read star wars or, or are star wars fans or not they love getting those books so if you have a teacher uh primarily uh 
you know, elementary and middle school right now is what I have the majority of, but also we can accommodate for high school uh, students as well. Please go over to ClashingSabers.net and nominate a teacher. The teacher does not have to be a Star Wars fan. The teacher does not have to even know what Star Wars is. They don't have to do anything special other than have you or have themselves uh, nominate them. So if you know a teacher who is, is starting as we get back in this crazy time and a lot of people are getting back in person this is going to be the is going to be the first time uh this this year um or has been the first time this year a lot of kids have maybe even touched a book or looked at a book let alone opened and read a book in a year or two so it's especially important right now to help get books into kids hands that they want to read so again go over to our site or uh, click the the link in the show notes. And also, if you would like to be a continued supporter, you're welcome to go over to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash clashing sabers and uh, sign up there for, for just a dollar a month. Uh, and you can get some really cool content, um, including some commentaries and stuff like that at different levels. So those are our options there. But let's get into the real deal. The maligned but should be beloved because even though there are parts that are weird and cringy, there is so much amazing going on. That should have been the title. There's so much amazing going on. Star Wars, there's so much amazing going on. But it it ended up being Attack of the Clones. Um, so we're going to talk about some of our memories tonight as far as Attack of the Clones. And uh, Adriana, since this is, is... Is Attack of the Clones your, your favorite? Yes. Like favorite yes, out of everything? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. thought so. I thought I, so. I will proudly admit that. I absolutely love Attack of the Clones. There is no um, shame there at all. No, no. Um and and I would venture to say that um it is definitely not the worst Star Wars movie after mm. this one came out, but um I didn't say that. Uh, what, say what? What? I didn't even hear anything. What, what, um, no, I, I actually just really love Attack of the Clones. I watch it all the time. Um, there's a lot to love about it. And I know there are some parts that are not so good. Uh, <laughs> but there are parts that are really awesome and really, like, just lovely. Like, if you're a fan of costuming, the costuming is so great. If you're a fan of John Williams, the score is really good. Come Across the stars, come on, come on. Across the Stars is the single greatest song in human history. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like maybe overall, it's it's obviously not. I don't say that it's the best Star Wars film because it's obviously not. It's my favorite. There's a difference. Um, and I think that, you know, some people mistake that that when I say it's my favorite, like that I, I'm saying it's the best. Um, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's not there clearly (laughs) are much better Star Wars films out there. Uh, but yeah, that's, there's a lot I love about it. And I know I talk a little bit about it when, uh, we did the, the commentaries. Oh yeah. That was a blast. It's my first midnight movie. It was my first midnight movie. That can't like there's no there's no one that can take away the feelings I had um, experiencing 
the Attack of the Clones as like your first midnight movie. And see, I think that that's something that's special that you're hitting on about Star Wars and how we experience it. Um, because it is something where the experience itself is almost as important as the film. You know, totally. like yeah. Last Jedi will always be, to me, the best Star Wars film because of my experience in the theater. But Return of the Jedi, like I always talk about when I talk about my favorites, Return of the Jedi is my sentimental favorite because of my memories with it growing up and everything it meant to me then. But when I look now, like Last Jedi is my favorite, right? And I, a lot of that is from the experience that I had watching Last Jedi, which I've talked about ad nauseum. And and Adriana, it sounds like it's the same for you. Like the fact that that was your first midnight movie that you got to see, like you you never are going to be able to replicate that. And it's almost like it's it's put in the little Smithsonian Museum of your mind of like, this is sacred. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I was not alive when the originals came out. Wow. If only only there was somebody who was on this episode. (laughs) Um, No, but listen, I I feel like, you know, you you can't take that back because I only recently saw like, you know, when they were doing not recently like right now but like i i mean recently and is in like this decade of my like that i'm in (laughs) is the first time i've seen like the originals on the big screen and you know it's it's so amazing to see them on the big screen but yeah it's different you know that's that was not my first experiencing watching them so um it it just feels different (laughs) does that make sense no, 100%. It absolutely does because it, it I mean that's something that's special about the prequels for me too is that that was like I had spent so long hearing about, you know, Star Wars on the big screen and everything like that. Um and I saw the New Hope, a New Hope special edition um in theaters, but getting to go see Phantom Menace and uh you know, Attack of the Clones Revenge of the Sith in the theater as like it was our generation's version of that, you know, Star Wars is very generational and, you know, I can't wait for, you know, 15, 20 years from now when we get the, the sequel kids, you know, who are grown, who are talking about their experiences of, uh, you know, watching Last Jedi, watching Force Awakened, watching Rise of Skywalker in the theater and to be able to look at like all three generations, you know, fully coming to, of age where they can really understand what that that experience meant to them and how it shaped them. Um, because like for me, force awakens was my first, um, not midnight premiere, but where I was at the first showing, uh, at the seven o'clock showing. And like, that's a very special vivid day in my mind. Like I can still remember the theater. I could probably go and still find my seat in the theater. (laughs) Like this is just so visceral. Um, because again, it's that emotional attachment that we have, have to these stories. So, Mark, as a uh, an original trilogy uh, generation young man, uh, what was the experience like for you around Attack of the Clones? Um, was it, here's another Star Wars movie? Was it a letdown? Did you feel like it, it hit the mark? How was, what was that like for you? Well, I, uh, I'm coming out of The Phantom Menace, I was 
a tad disappointed in it, not <clears throat> to the degree that some older fans were <laughs> disappointed. Um, I generally liked it, but there were things about it that felt a little off to me as an OT fan. But by the time Attack of the Clones came around, it landed with me a whole lot better. I mean, the way I look at the prequels and how I how receptive I was to them back in the day was that each one, in my opinion, got consecutively better or I enjoyed them more each time. So that by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, it's the one I enjoyed the most. But Attack of the Clones was, for me at the time, very exciting. Um, You know, it's like you mentioned how it's a maligned movie now, like that to me, that's sort of something that has happened. It happened in the years like after, like in the uh, maybe three to five years after it was released, that that's kind of where it got that reputation. But I just remember uh, being kind of blown away by just how big the scope of the movie is. And yeah, there's cringy stuff in it. But there was cringy stuff in The Phantom Menace, too. Like, by that time, I was like, okay, there are just going to be scenes in it that just don't, you know, that are just flat. But there's so much more going on. They're so ambitious. And, yeah, now the CGI looks a bit dated. But back then, it was cutting edge. Like, this, these movies were just, no one had ever seen anything like this. That They were so dense with detail. Um, And also, Attack of the Clones was the first time that I saw a Star Wars movie twice, and it was not in my home city. The first time I saw it was not in Birmingham, but on vacation in Orlando at Disney World. (laughs) So we we were in Orlando for Disney World, and... It, it were dropped that weekend, and so we went to go see it. Or maybe it was the weekend after, and I waited until the week, the next week to go see it. But anyway, we went to the like the downtown Disney area and found like this the state of the art theater that they had down there, and saw it there. And I had been avoiding all reviews because I didn't want to read anything about it. You know, my partner Steve went with me, and he always reads reviews, and he was not you know a big Star Wars fan, but he had gone to see the Phantom Menace with me, so tradition, you know, we were keeping the tradition alive, and he was going to go see this movie with me as well. And he had read the review, and I remember him saying it was a positive review. So, as we're as we're watching the movie, we, it gets to the the uh, the arena scene on Geonosis, and he leans over and says, "I read about this in the in the review. You're going to really love this. This is like a spectacular." part of the movie (laughs) and I just sat up and I was like oh my god oh my god what's about to happen and from that point on like that whole last third of the film I was just like just on cloud nine just the visuals and the and the seeing the clone war happen and just all the and the lightsaber and Yoda with a lightsaber that was just the the audience went crazy oh my god yes that reaction I remember Mm. that I remember Mm -hmm. that sitting in the theater and when that happened and like the cheers and the clapping afterwards, that is something that just sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that was funny about that was that there were rumors 
that he was going to do something like that with Yoda. Now, I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but there, but there were, you know, I wasn't really active on the internet, but the word had filtered down to me wherever I was at that time that, that George was playing around with the idea of giving Yoda a lightsaber. And I, and when I heard that, I thought, Oh no, what's that going to be like? Like I was worried and I thought there's no way you could pull that off and it not look ridiculous. And man, did he pull it off? He pulled it off so well and the audience just went crazy and everybody really, really got into it. And it was that, that moment that like when you see a film and you know, the big, big thing that's coming up that you know the audience is going to go crazy for and you get to experience it again and you wait for it and you're like that was that moment where I was like wait the second time I saw it I was waiting for the audience to go crazy Mark said something that also like I want to touch upon really quick Um, I was not on the internet (laughs) when uh, Attack of the Clones came out like if I had the internet I'm pretty sure it was like dial up and I had to wait Mm. forever and it was only for school. Um, So I think also like not being on the internet like that, I didn't know what anybody else thought about it. I just knew what I thought about it and what I felt about it. And that definitely, um, you know, it, it changes your experience because when I like, it's like the first time I found out that people hated C-3PO when the originals came out. Like I had no idea. And like, I had no idea that people hated Jar Jar. <laughs> like, so, so I think the internet and the lack thereof that I have like was nice because it didn't taint my experience at the time. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I think back to those, <clears throat> that time period and, being that I wasn't as plugged into the internet, I just had a more pure experience with movies back then. Um, because <clears throat> I was only filtering them through my own prism of what I like and not didn't like. And I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't paying any attention to what, you know, like general, like there was no Rotten Tomatoes back then. So you maybe had like two or three reviews that you saw in your local paper or, or whatever, but but you just weren't inundated with review after review and you know opinion after opinion on social media because it didn't exist. You know the closest thing would be I guess message boards where people would talk about the film, but I wasn't really that active in those, so I didn't see a lot of that dialogue. Um, I just you know I I kind of wish that we could go back to that, but it's kind of like you can't put the genie back in the bottle at this point, but. That just was, that's probably a reason why as an OT fan, I was a little easier on the films than some other fans were because I was not plugged into like the fan community at that time. And so I didn't get a sense that other people disliked it so much or, you know, I was actually kind of like Adriana said, I was kind of surprised to hear that people like considered it the worst film because I thought, well, you know, I liked it better than The Phantom Menace. So what does that say about me? (laughs) Well, I I think that's interesting because, you know, like you said, everybody is giving their reviews and their opinions now. It's also a lot easier to see like what with what is trending and all of that stuff that we know what people are saying a a lot easier than on message boards where it kind of depended on what message board you were on and stuff like that. You might get a different subset of people here. You're getting inundated with everybody's opinions and so i think it almost 
it's natural for humans to to bandwagon there and jump on with oh well there's this and this and this that's wrong with the movie and the movie has like i think attack of the clones has taken a brunt of the prequel um negativity discourse because uh you have the whole phantom menace jar jar thing at this point is just you know exhausting and outside of of you know people's dislike of jar jar there's really not a lot of uh massive critique for uh phantom menace you know um there's there's certain nitpicks and stuff like that but it's genuinely or generally you know a pretty well accepted movie revenge of the sith is considered pretty much a classic um so you're, you're kind of left with attack of the clones which is it's doing a lot in the movie and it certainly has its flaws but i think it also just kind of um ended up that somebody had to be the redheaded stepchild of of the the prequels in the same way that uh, you know a lot of people consider return of the jedi to be that for for the original trilogy um and and i think the fact that now we we can see all these conversations about the the anakin padme relationship you know the the i don't like sand all of that stuff has kind of created this cultural um acceptance that that this movie is is not good or it's the worst of the star wars movies and things like that and i i think that's kind of it's kind of sad in a way you know that we like you say we don't have those experiences anymore where we get to fully shape our own opinions before we let other people's voices in uh and and that's something that's special you know about the attack of the clones for me as well is like I I wasn't on the internet at all. Uh, so I had no idea what anybody except for my friend that I brought to the movie with me thought about the movie. And it was great. You know, we got to see, Yo- you know, Yoda with a lightsaber. Like, can we talk for a minute about the single greatest sound in all of Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know what you're going to say. Dude, that, like, there are only a few moments I actually remember being in the theater for the prequels because I was a kid, you know. Uh, I remember the doors opening for Darth Maul. I remember them escaping Naboo, and I remember the seismic charge. Yes, yeah, I can feel it. I can. It's another one. I can go back to the seat that I was sitting. Like it was absolutely amazing. And see, Adriana said something that I agree with in that, you know, how you like where you are at at that time of your life, when you see a film often like, or where you see it or who you see it with can affect your memory of it. And and like how you're like, just that, that initial feeling you had stays with you throughout your whole life. And, you know, I mentioned that I had seen it in, at Disney world but then I didn't see it again until it was re-released in theaters in IMAX theaters, like later, like either later that year or maybe the first of. Let's see, when did it come out? What year did it come out? Two thousand one. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. So it would have been maybe the beginning of two thousand three, because we were in Washington D.C. and. There was an IMAX theater nearby that was showing Attack of the Clones, and I had never seen a Star Wars movie on an IMAX screen before. So I went down to the museum where it was playing and watched Attack of the Clones. Of course, back then, they had to truncate the movie 
so they took out some scenes and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they took out the fire chat scene. I think that might be the one thing, <laughs> the part that they cut out, but why you would but, need that. It's so important to the movie, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to mention that seismic charge, like hearing that in an IMAX theater <laughs> was man, that was next level stuff back then. That was just like, that was like seeing Jurassic Park on the big screen and hearing the T-Rex roar. Mm. Like it was just one of those moments where you remember it in the theater. Well, and then, you know, when we get to, to that Mandalorian episode, like, how cool was that for that to come back, uh, you know, again and let's get to experience it again? Because for me, when that happened, like, it's you know, four o'clock in the morning or whatever time I'm watching this, I have, you know, headphones in as I'm watching it on my TV and the bay doors open up the, you know, the little drop doors or whatever. And I'm like, they're not going to, they're going to do it. Oh, it's going to happen. And you're just like, Oh my God, it's going to happen. And you're instantly taken back to being that kid again, sitting in the theater going, what happened? Where'd the sound? Oh, and that was really for me in retrospect was a very eye opening moment f- with regards to the craft of actually putting together a movie and the the style that you have, the the different things that you can do with sound and visuals and, and all this stuff that we talk about now. Um, you know, when I look back retrospectively on my life, I think that's the first time I really noticed the actual making of the film kind of thing like i was like taken aback by the silence and then this just singular sound that just reverberated through your 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 entire body Uh, george lucas had to be talked into that by the way really yeah he uh i was watching a behind the scenes thing and and i don't know i don't know if it was ben burt who was the one who was talking about or maybe one of the other sound designers who was telling the story of how they wanted the explosion to be silent and then to have the bang occur like two seconds later. And George was like, it made him nervous because, you know, a filmmaker, it's all about having that instant sound. Like, and even though it would be like more true to physics to have the sound come later, it was just at the time, it was something that George had to be talked into. And I just thought it was funny in retrospect because it's such an iconic sound now and such an iconic scene um, that, you know, it didn't start out as being something that George was like, oh, we need to do this. You know, it was something that he had to be talked into. That's wild. I, I wonder if, uh, you know, the discourse around Phantom Menace made him any more open to to that critique and feedback, you know? Uh, we know he, he lessened Jar Jar's role because of the reaction to the character. So I wonder if if maybe some of the the feedback from Phantom Menace had any effect on his decision there or whether it was just trusting Ben Burt. Probably the latter. Probably just trusting mm-hmm. Ben Burt because he's a friggin' genius. You have Empire Strikes Back, right? It's considered this great movie. Uh, you know, it improves on A New Hope, right? You, you, For the first time, really, you get better with the sequel in that movie. So you have Phantom Menace, which... Not everybody loved. Some people really, you know, liked it or whatever. And the expectation is you're going to get a better movie in the second movie. And now we have this, you know, discourse where Attack of the Clones is not considered that. It's not considered an improvement the way that uh, Empire Strikes Back was considered an improvement. So do you think that maybe expectations had anything to do with that, that people were expecting a certain type of movie going into Attack of the Clones? Or is it some other factor? 
See, it's really hard for me um, to really to really understand, but I feel like a lot of it comes from the acting choices, I think. I think that's where I see a lot of critique. Um, but I I want to remind people, like, the... Um, I, I took one directing class. No, I'm just kidding. Um, not one directing class, but I did take a directing series um, when I was in college. And um, they, they go really hand in hand, you know, the director and the actor. Um, so some of the, the cuts I feel like that were chosen um, maybe weren't the best ones. Like, I have no idea what the other footage looks like. Um, but ultimately, George, you know... And whoever the the person who helps cut the film, what are they called? An editor, right? Yes, film thank you. Yeah. Um, they ultimately make that choice. But I feel like, yeah, a lot of the critiques that I've seen are, are really like from the acting choices, like, you know, Anakin and Hayden Christensen saying, I don't like sand, like, like stuff like that, you know, um, at least from what I've seen. Um, well, it's interesting, too, because I just saw a clip uh, the other day of the original, like the first rough cut of Phantom Menace. And they were talking about George even goes, I may have been a little too ambitious here. And Ben Burt discusses how he quickly goes from one emotion, like four different emotions in a matter of minutes that don't fit together you know you go happy to really sad to like i don't remember specifically what it was but it's like there's these four cuts back to back that just don't allow the the viewer to to actually feel the emotion and, and have the appropriate change of emotions and uh i think with the the scope of what attack of the clones is trying to do because attack of the clones when you yeah. think about it is the first really galaxy spanning episode of the saga a new hope has you know yavin and tatooine you you get to see alderaan but you're not there empire strikes back is a very contained story you only get a couple planets uh you what three um same with return of the jedi very contained story and so and then phantom menace you have you have coruscant which of course was was huge to see you have tatooine you have uh naboo so you're generally hitting you know three planets um, and here you just feel, it feels like you're hitting so many more planets cause you're going from one, like you're on Coruscant, you're on Naboo, you're on Camino, you're on Geonosis, you're on Tatooine. Like you're almost doubling the amount of planets that you have in the other movies. And so it makes it harder to cut it together. So I think you're onto something there about how just the the way the film was put together makes yeah. it a little harder to really delve and, into. And I don't think that's necessarily the biggest issue. I think um, this is actually the first Star Wars film where the the main drive, like the whole purpose of the movie, really, um, and and what really is the the focal point for how Anakin, you know, it's it's supposed to be his journey, right? And it really concentrates on the love story. And the the love story, I get it, was not executed um 
as well as it could have been. Um, there are some things that I do like about it, like, you know, the whole when they're on Naboo, that all, most of that I really liked. Um, I feel like we could have gotten a little bit more. Um, but again, maybe it was George being too ambitious, trying to fit in this love story with all the political, like, everything going on at once, too. Um because like I said, like I said, I think this is really like the first one that we that the focus really is is on the love story. And it's really important. It's a big part. Right. Um, in the original trilogy, the love story was like Han and Leia, but it was like a subplot. Right. It wasn't like the main focus. Um, and there's really no love plot in the sequel trilogy. There's really no like romantic for shame, for shame. I, I curse them because Finn Poe, but also, again... No, I'm shaming the creators because we didn't get enough of any of it. Um, yeah, so, like, there wasn't really... It was, just, like, if there was a romance, um, you know, like, it's a subplot. And this really is the, 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 the key point. I mean, if Anakin and Padme don't fall in love then is there really a story <laughs> you know is there really a star wars story um and so i feel like um i understand and like i said i love the movie and i understand that there could have been there should have been um more because uh, i see a lot of people have problems with uh, like they can see why anakin fell in love with Padme but they don't see the reverse and there's a lot of discourse about like why didn't Padme fall in love with Obi-Wan and which I don't agree with because Obi-Wan was like 10 years older than her and I feel like I mean she was 10 years older oh, I guess she was five years older than Anakin she was five years. well she was five yeah um so uh that's well that's 24 the- 24 and 34 let, let that's not that's not such an age different. I mean, that, well, that you were was, still talking about an adult and an adult. Well, no, it's, it's yeah, an, but also yeah. a twenty-four year old guy and a thirty-four year like we're not that developed at twenty-four. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. No, um, but like I, I really feel like I guess the criticisms of the love story are are really what make it feel like the weakest and i get it i understand especially considering that i feel like the romance is a big part of it's one of the main points it's not supposed to be a subplot you know um and i think that's that's valid like i get it i understand um well and also (laughs) well and george was trying to do this old hollywood love story yeah right this old style that i think wasn't how people watched movies at the time you know it it was not a classic hollywood so i almost wonder if there there's definitely the flaws in how george did it and and some of the dialogue is wooden and stuff like that like that's indisputable um the but the the way that it is told and the thing that he was attempting to do i almost wonder if not that it was too like highbrow for the viewers but it just just that way of of consuming a story wasn't something that we were used to in 2002 anymore 
If all of those points that you've made, that both of you have made about the writing and the performances, and if all of that had been on the same level that the special effects were, that movie would be a masterpiece. I mean, it would be it would be a film that people would be like just studying and talking about. Well, well, here we are talking about it years later, <laughs> but but you know, like it would be just it would be on par with like some of the big epics like Gone with the Wind or Titanic. Like it had that potential. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned Titanic very purposefully because it came out just a few years prior to this. And I think in my mind, I was kind of watching the romance and comparing it to that movie and thinking, eh, yeah, it really should just like be really grabbing you and making you just really feel for these two people. And it just, it just for me, it didn't. It didn't. But there was so much else going on in the film that I didn't mind it so much that I can kind of go. I kind of glossed over that and said, "Well, you know, whatever. That's there's Yoda with a lightsaber." Um, <laughs> but well, here's the thing, too. Like I get, I as an adult, as someone who you know understands how the world works and a, a little bit more. Obviously, don't know everything or whatever i just have my experiences but as as an adult woman now um i understand and i see the flaws but as a 14 year old girl um watching this movie um i thought it was romantic i didn't see the flaws that it had and i and again that goes back to like my personal experiences you know um and how old i was at the time and and watching it you know i have I had never kissed a boy. I had never had a boyfriend at that time. I was like 14. I was like young and naive and I saw this romance and to me it it felt romantic. And obviously now as a as a grown woman I'm like mm, hmm, yeah, okay. I get it. I see you guys. I understand why you make the critiques that you do. Um but again, uh I still love it. It's it's something that for me I really enjoyed. And it made me feel a certain way when I watched it, and uh, nobody can take that away from me. And for me, it's like it's it's my comfort film. You know, it's the one that I throw on when I you know just need some Star Wars on, but I'm not really paying attention because it's got the action that you can look up at if you want to, but you can also follow along with it by just listening because it's it's one of those movies that's. It does have the action, but it's a lot of storyline. It's a lot of plot, especially with, uh, you know, Anakin and Padme. And it's probably the first movie that I really got into the uh, understanding and putting together the meaning kind of side of things. So, for example, like, yes, Anakin is absolutely cringy and he absolutely probably oversteps a, a, a lot of bit, but it's interesting to look at it through the lens and kind of go, okay, but yes, he also, you know, was never in a relationship of any kind with a woman other than his mother. So like, he's going to be awkward and cringy and he's going to think that I don't like sand is a good line. Uh, cause then he's going to be all smooth and compared to her skin. And he, like in his head, he's like, man, this is going to be great. She's going to totally dig this. And you know, no, and and similar similarly with Padme, like she was a queen when she was fourteen, um, 
obviously her her having a boyfriend and her you know interacting with boys in a romantic way was not at the forefront so i feel like she would also be mm-hmm. awkward i mean she's been working in politics well and, know, and especially when you consider the point. fact that like handmaidens and and everything we've gotten with those queens books uh you know they didn't stop working for her when she was done being queen and then started again when she was in her like they were with her it's like secret service with the president like they were around her all the time so that makes it even harder for you know a relationship to be able to break through that barrier so that adds on you know to not only has she not had a a relationship relationship uh in probably some time but she probably hasn't interacted with a lot of guys of her age at all at that time because she would have been very protected um in that time period between when she stopped being queen and prior to her becoming senator i think those are all valid points but none of them convince me that she should be falling head over heels in love with him so quickly that's still the part of the movie that i that i wrestle with i accept it because it's supposed <laughs> to happen at that point and when she kisses him John Williams steps up and does that thing he does mm-hmm. and the music swells and they go into the arena and it's like Ben Hur and I like I I'm I'm totally brought on board by it like that moment is sold through the music and the imagery but I just wish that I had that like same like tickle in my in my heart that I feel for like Jack and Rose and Titanic like I just don't have that same affinity for their relationship and I I accept it because so much other things around it are working and working hard to make it work that I'm forgiving of it but like you said before Brandon it's still the movie that I will put on when I just need something comforting and I don't want to like I don't want anything that says challenging and mentally demanding as The Last Jedi you know with all its themes and and symbolism it's a it's a movie that I can kind of put on and just either have in the background while I'm doing something else or if I just feel like hey I just want to watch something with a lot of pretty images I'll put on Attack of the Clones and I've always said that uh the movies, the Star Wars movies at the bottom of my list were not movies that I hated. And I never hated Attack of the Clones. But um, it's now no longer my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, not only is it not my least favorite, it's by far my favorite least favorite. <laughs> there you go. That's a that's a take for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I will... It's my favorite. It's the one that I watch most often. And again, that goes back to um, understanding that favorite and best are not like um, synonymous. The same thing. The same thing, yeah. Right. Um, I, I absolutely acknowledge its flaws and I understand the flaws and I understand the critique. Um, but for me, the feelings that I associate it with, um, the 
the action, the costuming, um, the music, it, it's enough for me to just definitively say this is my favorite movie of the Star Wars, of all the Star Wars. Um, and yeah, I used to be able to say that I never hated a Star Wars movie or not hate is a strong word, but I never didn't not like a Star Wars movie. Uh, I cannot say that anymore, but, um, yeah, Attack of the Clones was never that for me. It's never been that for me. It will never be that for me. Um, I appreciate it and I love it. And, um, I will, I will die on that ledge and Drew can suck it. <laughs> Cause you know, he's listening. <laughs> oh man I'm, you can suck it drew he's, he's been he's been listening this whole time and just screaming <laughs> at us <laughs> yeah attack of the clones for me the longest time had this weird like position where it was my least favorite star wars movie but i also absolutely love and adore this movie more than i can explain it was just like it was last purely by the circumstance of how much i loved all the other ones you know, uh, and then Solo came out, and I was like walking out of the theater, and I went, "Well, Attack of the Clones isn't my least favorite Star Wars movie anymore," and I don't know how I feel about this. And I started to question everything. Now, I mean, I love Solo, and it's a great movie, and everything like that. Um, but I, I just remember thinking that as I'm walking out of the theater, like, what do I do now that Attack of the Clones isn't my least favorite Star Wars movie? I, I feel bad because I think for a long time I didn't want to admit that it was my favorite because of the criticism surrounding it, especially when you're online and especially when you get, um, especially because of the gatekeeping in the Star Wars fandom. You know, you have a lot of pe- you have a lot of people who are like, oh, you're not a real fan if you, you know, a- th- along that those lines, and like if you even think about, you know. Um, saying that any of the prequels are your favorite, then you're not a real Star Wars fan. Then you don't, you know, and that makes me really sad um, because I absolutely think that the way you experience the film affects how you, how you view that film and how you hold it and how you feel um, ultimately about your ranking. And, and sometimes you have a bad experience. Um, like my brother, he went to go see The Last Jedi and he had a horrible experience because he 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 got tickets when he was on vacation to go see it um, at Walt Disney World and he wanted to go to the theater and they got their tickets. But then they were trying to get out of the park and just one thing after the other and they barely made it to go sit and by that time they were so upset and like frustrated. They didn't have like their snacks, their popcorn, their soda. They literally made it in by the skin of their teeth and it made so him So he had like, an opposite he had an opposite yeah, reaction like yeah, experience from so, mine. <laughs> yeah, so his experience was super bad. And I feel like that kind of like carried over into the movie and he he does not like the last jedi and and so i think for people to gatekeep and say um you can't like these movies and and to make people ashamed like is there is it's just messed up you know like i had the time of my life watching this movie for the first time and 
100% it is why I love this movie so much. And for someone to, like, make me feel bad about that, like, come on. Why do you... I don't get it. Like, I did not like uh, the la- uh, I don't even the rise of Skywalker, but I don't ever like I don't ever like poop in somebody's punch bowl about it. Like, yeah, because <laughs> it's it's not it's not for me. You know, it's it's not for me to say that you're a bad fan if you like that movie. Right, because we know Be- what it feels like to have somebody yeah. say that and like totally rain on your parade and. Like if you if they want to know my opinion on it, I will share my opinion and I will I will you know offer it on this show uh, that I, how I feel about that movie. But when I see people that are excited or love it or whatever, I you know I I feel a little bit of jealousy. Like I like oh gee I wish I loved it that much, but I'm happy that somebody does love it. It's this weird like irony where you the the, the only real bad fans. And not true Star Wars fans are the ones that are calling other people bad fans and fake exactly. Star Wars fans. Like, it's just this weird irony where, like, you guys don't even see the, you know, the buffoon in the mirror, do you? Uh, kind of situation. So, yeah. it's, uh, let's all just love Star Wars and let's have some fun with it. And <laughs> it is that time where we are going to have some fun with trivia. So this is our Attack of the Clones trivia episode, if you forgot, because we have been chatting for quite a while about this fantastic film, and we're going to talk some more. So we're going to have Sith Talk join us here in the studio, and we will be right back after this. Very impressive. I'd hoped you would be pleased. Clones can think creatively. You will find that they are immensely superior to droids. We take great pride in our combat education and training programs. This group was created about five years ago. You mentioned growth acceleration. Oh yes, it's essential. Otherwise a mature clone would take a lifetime to grow. Now we can do it in half the time. I see. They are totally obedient, taking any order without question. We modified their genetic structure to make them less independent than the original host. And who was the original host? A bounty hunter called Jango Fett. And where is this bounty hunter now? Oh, we keep him here. Apart from his pay, which is considerable, Fett demanded only one thing, an unaltered clone for himself. Curious, isn't it? Unaltered? Pure genetic replication, no tampering with the structure to make it more docile, and no growth acceleration. I should very much like to meet this Django Fett. I would be very happy to arrange it for you. Aren't they?
It is time, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to get into Attack of the Clones for real. Like, we haven't talked about it for like an hour already. But this is our trivia contest, and we have our friends over at Sith Talk joining us. Zach, Sam, say hi. course representing forever star wars and starships is adriana and mark who talks first you talk first i talk first it's very hard to understand you with all that i love that you don't know that we're gonna do this well why don't you use your divine influence how could you let this dangerous criminal out of the brink well because of you now we have a chance I can make some beautiful music with these. What? You? We don't have much time. I knew it! Oh, you did not. Hello Hi. again. All right, so this is the way that we play the game. Uh, the game is played to 15. When I ask a team a question, we will go back and forth between the teams. I will ask without the multiple choice answers to begin with. If the team can get it correct without the multiple choice answers, then they get two points. If they would like to use the multiple choice answers and get it right, then they get one point. Now, after the team answers, whether that is with the uh, multiple choice questions or not, if they answer incorrectly, it goes to the other team. And that team has a chance to earn points at whatever level the prior team was at. So, for example, if Sith Talk answers incorrectly and they had not taken the multiple choice uh, option, then Forever Star Wars and Starships would be able to answer for two points. So, it'll be pretty easy once we get started. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. All right. So... We will start by picking a number. I have a number between 1 and 66. I am writing it down on my notepad so that all the world can see it because, you know, audio. I'm going to let Sith Talk go first. Zach? 66. Pick, you pick 66? Yes. All right. All right. Adriana, pick for your team. What, what number are you going to take? 24. 24. 66 and 24. Hmm. Well, the number was 42, and that means, uh, if I can math correctly, which is not very likely, but Forever Star Wars and Starships gets to go first. All right, your first question. Obi-Wan Kenobi specialized in which type of lightsaber combat? And we need the form number. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there are seven forms. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm trying to imagine what scene in the movie speaks about this. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Uh, I, I don't even have a f clue. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you doing We're going to have to do multiple choice. 
All right. Would you like the multiple choice? I think so. All right. Your options are Form 2, Form 5, Form 3, or Form 1. I don't know. Adriana, what do you think? For those of you playing along at home, this is in the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Well, wait, wait a minute. But Revenge of the Sith or Attack, Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones. Wait, I'm sorry. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I totally said Revenge of the Sith. This is in the Attack of the Clones novelization. Okay, okay. Oh, man. Damn, I was hoping we could disqualify that question <laughs> and move on to another one. Oh, Jesus. Look, I'm, I would just be picking a random number at this point, and I like five, but hey. <laughs> What do you think, Adriana? I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay. So wait. Two, five, three, or one? Two, five, three, or... Uh, yeah, five. Five is incorrect. <laughs> Zach, that. Sam, what's your choice? Zach, I used to... I'm pretty sure it's form two, isn't it? It's like a defensive form. I'm going to let you go with that one because I really don't know. I'm, Form I'm 2 more... sounds right. Yeah. You are correct that it's a defensive form, but it is Form 3. Dang it. Form I was going to suggest that, but he seemed yes. confident. And I did not have <laughs> it, it, it sounded right to me. You guys, hey. you, you knew that. I didn't even know that, so... And the reason I, the reason my brain immediately went to the Revenge of the Sith novelization is there actually is a part in there where they uh, talk about why they want Kenobi to be the one to go uh, after General Grievous because he has a form that can, being defensive, uh, yes, after gives him Kiati an advantage. Wants, after Kiati Mundi wants him to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, there's the droid attack on the Wookiees and everything like that. All right. Sith talk over to you. And your question is... What act was Senator Amidala fighting when she returned to Coruscant to speak to the Senate? Lord. Hmm. Zach, you got any gut feelings? Uh, something to do with the Trade Federation. I think we should go multiple choice because I don't think we're going to guess it outright. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Yeah. All right. A, the Military Insurgents Act. B, the Republic Armed Forces Act. C, the Military Creation Act. Or D, the Republican Military Act. I'm pretty sure it's C, isn't it, Zach? I don't know. I'm starting to realize that, that I didn't watch this movie and pay attention as a child as much as I should have. You said you love Attack of the Clones. I was counting on you for this yeah, one. I know, I know, man. I know. Well, I wasn't Is watching it, I'm Military say C. Acts. Yeah, go see. See, the Military Creation Act is correct. Sammy B, so. I love you. That is one, right, one point you. for Sith Talk. All right. Forever Star Wars and Starships. Your question is also in regard to the Military Creation Act. How long had Senator Amidala been fighting the passage of this act? I say I knew the other one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, I, I, I know the other one, one I knew. I, I didn't even need multiple choice for it, but then you bring us with this. The, these, these dang how many months, time, years questions. Let's see. This is explicitly said in the movie. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> can we. Are, are you just down to for multiple choice? Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to hear the choices. 
Yeah. Okay, multiple choices. All right. A, one month. B, two months. C, two years. D, one year. I feel like it's not the kind of thing. It's, it's a fairly urgent topic, and I don't feel like years would be correct. Of course, I, I could be My gut instinct wrong. was two. Two what? Two years or two months? Just two, but since you said you're like it's not a, I th- I would say. Wait, so are we going months or years? I kind of feel it's one month, but. Oh okay. Um, um, hold on, can you pause just a second? I'm gonna turn on the movie really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure subtitles um, are on. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm with you. I like two months, but I also feel like it was it was a you, fairly you think it's urgent thing. Which fairly called. urgent? Watch it not be months at all. It's years. No. Um, okay. I I heard just heard myself. I know the scene in which she mentions it. I know exactly the scene. Yes, she's, I she's know exactly packing. the scene too. She's packing. Yes. You are correct. Um. I don't know. It might be two years because I'm trying to. I'm see. I see the scene in my head. And do you want to go with two years? I I am so. <sighs> I think we should go with two years. Hey, John. <laughs> uh, ha- okay, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think because she had to come. She had to come. To Coruscant. Years. I feel like it would be years because the Trade Federation has been a problem at this point for years as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. do you, like this, the separatist movement I think has been years. Uh, we'll go with Mark's choice, and that is my final answer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two years is incorrect. So, Zach, it's over to you guys, and your choice, one month, two months, two years, or one year. I would not suggest going with two years, but you do you. I think we should go two months. Two months? All right. A year is possible. I, f- mm. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I'll trust your gut, Zach. I'm not saying you should. You got anything off? <laughs> I'm going to go two months. Let's go two months. Let's see. Is that your final answer? Yes. Two months is also incorrect. It's one year, isn't it? It is a year. She says, yep. I have, haven't been fighting the Military Creation Act for over a year to not be here when the vote is decided. Hmm off the top of the dome. I didn't even watch the movie, guys. Come on, get it together. All right. Is it talk, this is, this is your... very high pressure, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I also have the answer sitting right in front of me, so it, it does help. <laughs> All right, uh, this is Sith Talk's question, and your question is, what galactic sector did Senator Amidala represent in the Senate? What galactic sector did Senator Amidala represent in the Senate? 
Jesus, man, these are hard. It's just not the Naboo sector. I mean, I'm trying to think. Because, like, I know some of them are different names, but some of them are just named after, like, a planet. Like, Tarkin is in, like, the Seswena sector or whatever, but he's from Iriadu. But I feel like it's just the... Why didn't oh, we man. go over sectors last night when we were drinking the bourbon beer instead of planets? I know. Um, man. I want to get some points on the board more than just I one. I feel like if we do multiple choice, it's Naboo Sector is going to be up there and we're probably going to pick it. So I think it's let's like, just go, with go it. for it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go the Naboo Sector. The Naboo Sector is incorrect. So, Forever Star Wars, Starships, this goes over to you. What galactic sector did Senator Amidala represent in the Senate? Multiple choice. <laughs> Adriana, confirm, confirm multiple choice before I say him? Uh, yes, please. All right. The Alderaan Sector, the Chomel Sector, the Isla, Isla Dia Sector, or the Coruscant Sector? I feel like it's maybe B or C. B is the Chomel sector, and C is the Isla Dia sector. Well, Naboo is nowhere near Coruscant. We have a 50-50 chance, consider, I mean, if, if we're right about the BC. so. But Bale was sitting next to her during uh, the speech in Revenge of the Sith. Could it be Alderaan? He's sitting next to her, so... Wouldn't they be in the same sector in the Senate during a during a speech? Oh, you're right. I mean, they're sitting together. That's so. That's why I would think that it's maybe Alderaan because why else would two representatives be together in a pod? That's true. That's true. I, I'm going to go with Alderaan because that's my logical. It's probably not true, but. <laughs> Adriana, are you going to confirm that as the final answer? Yes. It is the Chomel sector. Gosh. Why the hell were they sitting together then? <laughs> it, the seats in the Senate are arbitrary. E.T. ended up in there. Come but on. they uh, shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. <laughs> All right, Forever Star Wars and Starships, this is your official question. Okay. Why were Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi sent to Anseon? Uh, it was a trade dispute. Are you Final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. I know it. Gosh. All right, Zach. <laughs> Take it away, Zach. Border dispute on Antion. That is correct. It is a border dispute. My boy. So Sith Talk gets two points for that, and we go back to them with the score being 3-0. All right, so your question is... When Anakin Skywalker was assigned to protect Senator Amidala, how long had it been since he'd last seen her? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I go in the order of the book. I go in the order of the book. Ten minutes wow. to think about it. Um, well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I know it. All right, I haven't tell seen him. her. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I want to go over this before I say it. I want to make sure you're good with it, but. I haven't seen her in over 10 years, Master. Yeah, that sounds right. right. I mean, there we go. Yep. 
Final I'm answer? Go with that. 10 years. Yeah. I haven't seen her in over 10 years, Master. 10 years is correct. For I'm two points. Now, the elevator scene I'm familiar with. Because... <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is five to zero, and we go back to Forever Star Wars and Starships. All right. What planet did Anakin... Excuse me. What planet was Anakin Skywalker on when Obi-Wan Kenobi tried to contact him from Geonosis? Tatooine. Tatooine. Very good. Thank See? God. Y'all complaining? <laughs> I'm going in the order of the book, people. I'm going in the order of the book. I don't make the rules. All right, Sith Talk. When Obi-Wan was discussing Anakin with Master Yoda and Mace Windu, how did he feel Anakin's abilities had affected him? Had affected who? Anakin? Had affected or Anakin, correct. Okay. How had Anakin's abilities affected him, according to Obi-Wan, when discussing with Yoda and Master Windu? I'm pretty sure, Zach, that he says that he's become arrogant, and then Yoda's like, hmm, a trademark comment ninja, or something like that. So I think it's, I think I want to say he is acting with arrogance. Final answer? Zach? I, yeah, if that's what you're saying, I'm, I'm blanking on that quote. Yeah, I think it's arrogant. That is correct. He had become arrogant. A, a flaw more and more common among the Jedi, even the older, more experienced more ones. Yeah. Alright, Forever Star Wars and Starships. Who, according to Masameda, would have the courage to push for an amendment granting the Chancellor emergency powers in order to pr- approve the creation of an army of the Republic? Senator Amidala. If only Senator Amidala were here. That is correct. So two points. So the score is now seven to four in favor of Sith Talk. All right. So Sith Talk, this one is for you. Why did the people of Naboo try to amend their constitution? They wanted to keep her as queen longer. Isn't that right, Zach? Yes. All right. That's what the answer is. That is correct for another two points. Forever Star Wars and Starships. Why did... Oh, no, that's the same question. If Anakin had spent <laughs> we'll as much... <laughs> uh, if Anakin had spent as much time practicing his lightsaber techniques as he did his wit, who, according to Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, would he rival as a swordsman? Adriana, do you know it? No, I know it. Oh, okay, then. Master Yoda. Final answer? Final answer. That is correct. Putting the score at six to nine. We are making some good progress, and we go back over to Sith Talk. All right. What did Anakin and Padme disguise themselves as when they left Coruscant to go into hiding on Naboo? Refugees. Yep, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Refugees. Final answer? Yep. That is correct. And now we go back to Forever Star Wars and Starships. Who replaced Captain Panaka as Senator Amidala's head of security? Isn't it Typho? Typho. Yeah, it's Captain Typho. Typho. Final answer? Final answer. Also correct. We got a tight game right now. It's it's eleven to eight, but 
She's got some good questions coming up here. So, Sith Talk. Who told Senator Amidala that they believed the attempt on her life was carried out by disgruntled spice miners on the moons of Naboo? Who told Senator Amidala that they believed the attempt on her life was carried out by disgruntled spice miners on the moons of Naboo? Um, I don't really know. Hmm, I mean, I feel like either would be... Okay, um... Would it be like that one representative guy who's always popping up from Naboo or Typho? Typho, um, I don't... Why am I getting a feeling that it's Jar Jar? It wouldn't have been Jar Jar. I am. Um... No, because the only scene she has with him is when he's rambling about uh, his duties and what an honor. Okay, so um, you know it's bad when you get cut off in your own movie. Stop talking, Jar Jar. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, maybe Master I mean... Yoda or Windu? In the conference room, or maybe Palpatine. I don't know. Because do we want to have... do multiple choice? Yeah, I think we should. Multiple choice. Yes, please. Yeah. All right. Your options are Captain Typho, Yoda, Mace Windu, Kiai Mundu. <laughs> that that narrowed it down. None. Um, <laughs> so, I'm gonna say Master Yoda. I don't know. Something I, I just don't. I just typho. feel like it's typho. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna. I should have just said. I should have followed my gut on that earlier and gotten the two points, but we'll see. Typho is your final answer. Yeah. Yes. It is the incorrect answer. Oh well. So, for an extra point, Adriana, Mark. I feel like it's Mace Windy. It's either Mace or Kiati Mundi. My, my my initial my gut was that it was Mace, but he then later you know, uh, but actually is her with the whole thing about uh, Dooku being a Jedi and not in his nature, and she gives him the side eye. Uh, uh, if we get it wrong, then we don't get a point. So I don't. Yes, I, yes, I, I'm. Matter to me. I'm fully aware of the pressure. <laughs> there is no, I, at this point, am. I, I mean, I, uh, to add to the pressure, if you get this right and your next question without the multiple choice, it will be a tie game. As a reminder to our I, listeners, I, our options are Typho, Yoda, Mace Windu, or Kiai Adi Mundu. Uh, I don't know. I, I legitimately, uh, like my first gut was Mace. So, and you said yours was too. I, yeah, we could, let's go with that then. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. That is correct. And then it is, uh, well, actually, I won't say that in case we get to a question with that. But this is Forever Star Wars and Starship's question for two points. We'll tie it up at 11. 
Who suggested that Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker protect Senator Amidala while she was on Coruscant? Palpatine. Palpatine. Final answer? Yes. Final answer. It is a tie game, boys and girls. 11 apiece. Sith talk. What species was Zam Wessel? She's a changeling. All right, yeah, that's actually it. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, yep. I don't, I don't think he is a she. I think she is a changeling. Final answer. Yes. Yep. All right, that is correct. And this goes to Forever Star Wars and Starships. Uh, who, according to Kiyadi Mundu, was a political deal- idealist, not a murderer. Thank you. Final, final answer. answer. Yes, final answer. All right, it is a tie game, and we are at a tie game at 13 apiece right now, and we are playing where you must win by at least two. So this is going to be a heated contest to the end, and every question is going to matter. So... I go to you, uh, Sith Talk, and we are going to go to this question. Who was the Prime Minister of Kamino? Lama Su. Sam? Final answer? Yeah, let's do that. Yes. That is correct. Awesome. Uh, So they are at 15, Forever Star Wars and Starships. If you get this question right, the contest continues. If you get this question wrong, Sith Talk wins. Who said there hasn't been a full-scale war since the formation of the Republic? If you get it right with the multiple-choice answers, that would still keep the game going, but Sith Talk would have a one-point lead. I remember the line being said. I can't for the life of me remember who said it. I have a, I have a feeling. What is your feeling? <laughs> uh... I don't want to say my feeling because I'm very... (laughs) You want to do multiple choice then? Yeah. Okay. Multiple choice. Your options are C.O. Bibble, Senator Amidala, Chancellor Palpatine, Senator Bail Organa. Um, I want to go with A. Adriana. Because now that now that I hear the options, I can see I can see him in my my mind's eye saying that line. I knew it was a senator. I just couldn't remember which one. So I will agree with you. Hey, Co Bibble. Mm-hmm. You are wrong that Co Bibble is a senator, but right that he is the one that said that line. <laughs> Don't do that to me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that puts it at 14 to 15, which means we are in a heated contest. Since you must win by two, this question goes back over to Sith Talk. So, Sith Talk, your question to give you a three point lead, uh, or excuse me, to give you, yeah, a three. I can math. I can do math. A three point lead if you get it right without the multiple choice answers. And your question is. Who was Captain Panaka's nephew? Wasn't it Typho? No. Yes? I have no clue. Uh, let me give me let me think for two seconds. Who was Captain Panaka's nephew? If you take the multiple choice answer, that will give you a two-point lead, which would put you 
at a winning total, but Forever Star Wars and Starship still has a question to come back. Let me let me think. Well, I want the slam dunk, Zach. Here, I I want to say it's Typho. If that's what you think, then go for it. Uh, I can't think of any other character in which that would be an appropriate time to make mention of that. I don't know. It's Typho. Let's let's just say Typho. I want I want this in the bag. Final answer. Typho. Yes. Final answer. That is correct. Sweet. All right. Forever Star Wars, Starships, you're fighting for your life here. You have to get this without the multiple choice answers to stay in the game. Which Jedi Knight planned to visit the cloners on Kamino and expect the army that had been created for the Republic? This Master oh, Yoda. On. That is correct. Which puts the score at 17 to 16. And your question, Sith Talk, who claimed the Geonosians didn't trust bounty hunters? Count Dooku, right? No, let me think. It's got to be Count Dooku. Because I'm trying to think it would have been the scene when Obi-Wan and him are in the, that chamber and he's like I'm looking for a bounty hunter named this he goes oh he's not here the genealogians don't trust them yeah Count Dooku yeah Count Dooku that is correct it is Count Dooku and the score is 19 to 16 so once again we go to Forever Star Wars and Starships and your question is who asked Anakin maybe you could help with some deadbeats who owe me a lot of money Watto Watto that is correct, and the score keeps on increasing. It is 19 to 18, and this goes to Sith Talk. Who thought the Jedi should be able to know the difference between knowledge and wisdom? And it, let me think. No, it's Dexter. No, 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 it's Dexter, that's right. Dexter. Yep, yep, yep. All right, that puts you at 21 points. That puts Forever Star Wars and Starships at 18. So you have to get this right without the multiple choice answers. And your question is, as we turn the page, boys and girls, who said Count Dooku, who said to Count Dooku, I am not signing your treaty until I have her head on my desk, referring to Senator Amidala? Isn't um, it the Separatists? Yeah. Um, do you need Do you need to be very specific? Like, I need he, to name the actual separatist. Yes, like, you need to name the person that said the quote. Isn't it Newt Gunray? It's Newt Gunray. That is correct. Which puts the score now. We continue on, and it is twenty to twenty-one in favor of Sith Talk. And your question: Who said for a mechanic you do an excessive amount of thinking? Is it C-3PO to R2-D2, Zach? Um, no, nah, I, don't, I don't really have anything on this one. Let me think. I, I, For a mechanic, you're doing... Ex- it's got it. Uh, I'm going to C-3PO to R2-D2. I want to I, I wanna keep the pressure on. That is correct. 23 to 20. Keep on going. 
And this one goes to Forever Star Wars and Starships. How long did Klieg Lars say Shmi Skywalker had been missing? It had been it had been a month. Adriana? Sorry. I keep forgetting to unmute. Uh wasn't it about a month? Yeah, I I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm gonna go with a month. Final answer? I mean, it's either a month or it's three weeks. No. Because <laughs> I remember thinking, wow, that's a long time for somebody to be missing. Yeah, I don't remember that. Let's go I remember how many of them came back. Only three <laughs> of them came back. <laughs> no, I, well, I, yeah. A month is correct. 23 to 22. This is our most contested game so this far. the All highest right. was ever gone. Uh, this one goes to Sith Talk. What was Count Dooku's home world? Sereno. Yep. Final answer? Yep. Yep. All right. 25 points for Sith Talk as we go back to Forever Star Wars and Starships. Who, disguised as Senator Amidala, died in the attack on Amidala's ship as she arrived to vote on the military creation act. Cor- Corday. 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 Correct. Sith talk. Who told Anakin Skywalker that he was the most gifted, gifted Jedi he had ever met? Who told Anakin Skywalker he was the most gifted Jedi he had ever met? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I thought it was Palpatine. Yes, he goes, it is, it is, it is. You are correct on that. It's oh, Palpatine. Thank God that I unmuted myself. That is correct. All right. This one for Forever Star Wars and Starships. Again, you have to get it right without the multiple choice answers to stay in the game. According to CO Bibble, how many trials had Newt Gunray had before the Supreme Court for his involvement in the Battle of Naboo? Do you remember, Adriana? It's, I believe it's only one because if I remember one of the, the Queen's books, um, he, he was like, I remember there was the aftermath of it and she was like upset because he didn't get like punished. He was tried multiple times though. Because 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 he would because he I mean I'm gonna guess and say it was three. Um, but I know he's he was tried multiple times because they couldn't they kept trying and they couldn't get him. <laughs> so it was it was very frustrating. Um, I, I, you know, I, let's go with three. Congratulations, Sith talk. <laughs> congratulations sith talk you win it was four trials after four trials he's still the viceroy of the trade federation i like co bibble i think we need more co bibble content more co bibble content so congratulations Good to game. sith talk round of applause insert here 
and it is time for us to get out of here guys this has been a really fun episode uh make sure that you follow us all on the links that are in the show notes you can get all of our shows there and also just click that subscribe button on whatever you're listening and you will get all of the shows all of the time all of the free you get everything except for having to give us money unless you want to go over to patreon and give us money to buy books for kids if you want to do that because you're a good person and uh and everybody that listens to this is a good person then uh patreon.com slash clashing sabers link also in the show notes so until next time remember the one thing that attack of the clones did not teach us and that is batch eight hi ho hi ho so close we're so close guys the podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use different informational and educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here. <laughs>